Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, uh, Dr. Marie Casey is with us, who's a specialist at the Department of Public Health in the Midwest. And good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Well, did you watch the Friends reunion? I didn't. I didn't. I'm dying to, actually. It looks good. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> I suggest now, if you want a little bit of a break over the weekend, definitely uh, take the time to watch it. You'll really, really I, enjoy I'm on it. call this weekend, so there's oh. no, <laughs> no Oh, break. no. Oh, oh that's, ter- that's terrible. <laughs> oh. Um, well, first of all, I want to talk about things positively. I mean, everything we're hearing from mood music to suggestions of what Neffet said, um, and I know you can't specifically comment on that, that's fair enough, and the Taoiseach's announcement this evening, but it's almost certain that it's going to be about reopening and a sense of liberation again across the country. I, I actually think so too, you know. I think what's really important is that things are going to change over the summer and going to feel very different, I think, for people over the summer. And that's really contingent on our on our vaccination programme continuing and, you know, people taking up the vaccine as well. So, I mean, that's our best way out at the moment. And I suppose, you know, we're, we're probably going to touch on the Limerick situation in the, next, in, in the next few minutes, but it's just about kind of holding tough a little bit until we get a bit more ground gained with the, with the vaccinations. But, yeah, I'm very hopeful Um which is probably unusual to hear from a public health person <laughs> at the moment. Mm. But it's been very good, yeah. Yeah, and that is the thing. It probably makes the other message that you have this morning even more difficult for people to contemplate, which is that the rest of the country is talking very positively. We are too, and for good reason, here yeah. in Limerick. But underneath all of that, there is this worry about the spike in COVID cases in Limerick. Yeah, there is really. And I suppose the thing is, what I've always kind of said is that, um, you know, we need to, like my job at the moment or my department's job is to buy the vaccination programme time to give them enough time to actually get people vaccinated and get down the age groups. And I, and that is happening. They are doing absolutely Trojan work in that respect. But I suppose in our area, we are seeing a blip at the moment. Now, I was I was thinking about what I was going to say this morning and I was thinking about when I was talking with an outbra- about an outbreak to a business owner who had a very large outbreak of COVID last year. And she was saying to me, you know, God, will it ever be over? And it, it, it does, you know, outbreaks do pass over, but it's about doing the basic stuff right. And if we do that, then we get through it. And we saw that in Nina as well earlier on in the year. We had a big outbreak there. They have barely any cases at the moment up there. But they, I suppose, did all the right things. Uh, they came for testing. And I suppose that's what Limerick is doing as well. We have huge uh, turnout to the to the walk-in testing centres at the moment, which is really excellent because that's how we're going to find our cases. That's how we're going to get them to rest- to, to isolate. And we're going to get the contact tracing done and actually minimise the, the rest of the spread. So sometimes things get a little bit worse before they get better in outbreaks. And I think that's where we are at the moment. Um, so I don't really want people to lose hope or panic because I think... We've had enough of that over the last 16 months. We just need to focus again on getting the basics right. So the mask wearing, the minimising contact, you know, the social distancing, all those kinds of things are really important. What sort of numbers are you seeing in terms of COVID cases in recent days? And how much of that is to do with the fact that, pretty obviously, the more people you test, presumably, the more of this you pick up? Well, we're seeing about 60 uh, a day at the moment, which is higher than what I 
referred to earlier on in the week. We were around the basin of 40 um, earlier on in the week. But um, a lot of that, like you're right, when you, when you start uh, investigating outbreaks, you start finding more cases because obviously you're testing close contacts and things like that. So there's always, whenever you have a, a growth in cases and you start doing more testing around those cases, which you have to do, you do find more. So you do see a blip. I suppose what we want to see, though, is that people redouble the efforts around uh, doing all the kind of preventative measures so we actually get that under control. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned workplaces earlier. Are you concerned about outbreaks in workplaces at the moment? We have a, a we have a small number of outbreaks in workplaces at the moment, um, and our department is actually starting a campaign um, around um, making workplaces safer. So I went through all the outbreaks that I've dealt with over the last year, most of them, and uh, tried to draw out what I learned from each one and what kind of things went wrong. And really, when I went through them, it's all about the simple things. So it's about mask wearing, um, it's about social distancing, it's about good ventilation in the workplace as well um, and it's about um, you know having good policies and procedures in place in your workplace as well. So, you know, knowing what to do if somebody feels a bit off, a bit unwell um, and also ensuring that people go for vaccination as well if they get offered an appointment and they want to go, you know. We're chatting to Dr. Marie Casey from the Department of Public mm-hmm. Health in the Midwest and uh, a mum of young kids has been in touch with us, has WhatsApped us on uh, 0861239595 to say we're getting invites to birthday parties for other kids in the class and school. Some try and do it outdoors, others not, obviously making it difficult for parents to say no to kids when other kids are going and you're the worst parent in the world if you stop them. But are the outdoor parties for kids okay? I think it's really difficult because like the current guidelines at the moment say that outdoor, organised outdoor gatherings can take place with a maximum attendance of 15. That's the that's the regulation at the moment. But I suppose like children are more likely to have close contact with one another and play with one another closely. So it's much harder to control that. And, I, and I, you know, for me, I would be trying to reduce that kind of exposure just because it's just, it's much more difficult with children, you know, um, obviously. So, yeah. What's the situation then in schools? Um, have um, cases been found in schools, maybe brought in from outside? And will it make any difference that schools, secondary schools, are in the process of closing now for the summer, aren't they, except for leaving certain students? Yeah, like we would be expecting a decrease in cases in the, in the secondary school age group um, in the next while because of the school closure. So that, that would be a positive. Um, and as well as that... Um, but you have are, seen outbreaks, is my point we, as well. We, ha- we, ha- well we, we have seen outbreaks in schools. We have seen outbreaks in primaries and secondaries. All right. And we are dealing with a number of them at the moment in the region. Um, like, it is complex. A lot of what happens is spread happens. It can happen within the school because um, you get a number of cases there and as well as that, a lot of social gatherings as well. And also, you know, school transport can be an issue as well, like school buses as well. Spread can happen in any kind of setting, really. Um, And I suppose that's why it's important in every setting that we we adhere to uh, mitigation measures. It's also important to note that there's an awful lot of schools where nothing nothing has happened with COVID at all or nothing recently. So, you know, it is possible to keep things under control. The most important thing, though, really about uh, preventing cases in congregate settings like schools, like businesses, is actually getting the community number of cases down low. And then you see you have lower risk going into your workplaces. Right. I was talking to a business owner yesterday and he was saying, you know, he was he had an outbreak earlier on in the year. And he was saying, oh, I'm just, you know, do I worry? Do I relax? You know, how? what do I do at the moment? And I said to him, really, you know, you have to maintain extra vigilance when cases are going up in the community. 
Um, and that's and that's when you redouble your efforts and do all the right things. Yeah, somebody mentioned to me yesterday about a situation, not in Limerick as it happens elsewhere in the country, um, where um, people in a particular office, and I won't get into exactly what sector yeah. they were in, but I think people might be able to work it out from what I'm about to say, um, where everyone was fully vaccinated mm-hmm. and there was an outbreak. Um, and when they traced it back, the outbreak came from people not being careful, not still adhering to mask wearing and social distancing mm-hmm. and washing the hands because they relaxed a bit. And they knew from their background mm-hmm. that it is possible to transfer among fully vaccinated people COVID-19. But it happened anyway. Yeah, well, the thing is, with vaccinations anyway, it's about a 5% with, with Pfizer or Moderna, there's about a 5% chance that the vaccine, you know, doesn't doesn't work for you. You know, that's always a... Always and there's a, a higher chance with AstraZeneca, isn't there? A slightly higher chance, yeah. Um, I suppose the main focus is, is, I think, around the vaccines, realising that the protection that's important is around protecting people from going into getting a severe case of it, having being admitted or ending up in intensive care. So those are the most important aspects of prevention. And I suppose that's why we still ask people to layer up the other areas of prevention as well, like so the mask wearing, the distancing and all those things. While we learn more, while we see, while we get the vaccination up in the community and actually create kind of rings of protection around each person. Mm. So that's what's but, really important. But does that not mean that until we get to between somewhere between 85% and 95% of full vaccination in the country, and maybe not just among the adult population, I have to look at kids as well, we are still going to be living with social distancing. We're still going to be living with mask wearing. We're still going to be living with hand sanitisation. That's not going anywhere in the next three months. It's not. There, will be, there won't be changes in that advice for a while, um, to be honest. And I think it's important that we kind of keep those measures going because it does give people a chance to get their vaccine and get immune. And I suppose the thing is as well as that, we may develop mild cases of COVID having been vaccinated, but we won't end up with a serious the serious um, serious mission or the serious uh, illness or death, you know. And I, I just want to maybe kind of maybe end on a, a high point. For well, me. before you do that, and I will let yeah. you do that because I think it's important to end on, on yeah. a high point. You're right. It is important. Uh, absolutely. And and the, the death rates certainly seem to have gone significantly yeah. downwards, although yeah. I know that you and others are still massively challenged by the cyber attack, really disgraceful and it's causing enormous problems for the health service at all levels. Um, but I am wondering about something you said to us earlier in the week that you, you'd been looking at the variants and how much of it was the UK variant and you said you had identified a small number of the Indian variant. Where does that stand today in terms of the Limerick outbreak? Well, that's not a feature of what we're seeing at the moment. Now, we're still waiting for typing to come back. Typing can't occur in every sample because you have to have a certain amount of virus in the sample to, to detect that, but we're not we're not we're not suspecting as part of it because there's no travel history or things like that associated with the the various outbreaks. So um, I suppose we learn more as we go along. We learn more later. Um, so you, are, so your estimate at this stage is the majority of this maybe yeah. with some Indian cases, but the majority of this is yeah. still the so-called UK variant um, that's, 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 causing this. that's what we think at the moment yeah, yeah. We, we've no evidence to suggest and, otherwise and the reason I ask this is that the Times of London this morning on their front page say Indian surge in England leaves the end to their restrictions in doubt and fast spreading strain raises fears over the 21st of June which was mm-hmm. apparently their day when they were just going to open the doors and let everything fly off mm-hmm. in, into, the, into the ether but they're very reluctant to do that now because of what they're seeing 
Mm, I mean, they've had, they've had a different approach to the pandemic from the from the start. Really, putting it mildly, if you heard any of the evidence this week from Dominic Cummings. Anyway, we won't get into <laughs> that. Fairly different, all right. Um, but I think um, you know they have they pursued a, a one dose approach um, to their vaccination program. So getting one dose out to as many people as possible to get protection out there. They had a significant number of cases and a significant amount of mortality in, in that country. So that was that was the public health decision at the time. Um, and I suppose with the, with the new Indian variant, there's a little less protection. I mean, they've used mostly AstraZeneca as well um, over there. So there's less protection after one dose um, right. um, for the oh, Indian variant. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to let you finish on your positive note, Dr. Mary Casey. Like, I just want to say, actually, that things have changed. Maybe people in the public don't see this, but I, I see it in, our, in, our, in my work every day. That, you know, the deaths are decreasing, the mortality is decreasing. Like, that, that is miraculous. At the start of the year, you know, I used to come to work and we would see a number of people die overnight, uh, which was really, really difficult. And that's just, that's, gone away from us and we don't have that as and we don't have those issues as much and I think it's really important to bear that in mind like that is the objective we're trying to get the the risk of admission down the risk of death down and if we get that that's what, that's the success I think really of the vaccination program so I really want to encourage everyone when you get your appointment don't hang around go and get it you know that's the best thing you can do for yourself and the best thing you can do for the community all right, very good. Well, listen, uh, I think uh, people listening this morning as well deserve enormous credit because the level of sacrifices that every single person has genuinely had to make in ways that people see and in a hundred ways that they don't over the last 15 months has been enormous. I mean, talk about a community effort in Limerick and around the country. I don't think we've they're ever un- seen They're unbelievable. It is, and, it really and, you is. Know, and, and you know what, I see it too, like, you know, even from speaking to you on Monday or earlier in the week, like it, people have turned up for testing. They've, people do what they're asked. You know, you know, they know, they know what to do, and they do it really well. And I'm just, and I'm really pleased to see yep. that. You know, we yep. get out of it. Don't Examples worry. of quite heroism. Um, yeah. And um, and thank you, by the way, as well for everything you and your colleagues are doing. And I appreciate oh. your time this morning. Uh, no do try and catch that friends reunion. I will, oh, sure I will. Yeah, it'll no be a good laugh. Trust me, <laughs> it, it, it's non-COVID for a couple of hours. It's good fun. All right, thanks oh, a minute. So Thank much. you. Appreciate you too. That. You too. Bye Take bye. care. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Marie Casey from the Department of Public Health Midwest. And just to say that if you want to get a COVID test, you can walk into the Bally Simon Road Testing Centre between eight a.m. and four o'clock seven days a week at the moment and you can go into the St. Joseph's Hospital on Mulgrave Street seven days a week from 11am to 7pm. These are the hours when you can ask for a test without an appointment. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.